Hello and welcome to All Things Albion, the podcast dedicated to West Bromwich Albion. Please welcome my co-host back on the 21st of November 2016 when West Brom beat Burnley 4-0. He was there and so was I. How are you, Steve? I'm good, thanks, Mike. Yeah, that was a good game. I enjoyed that. Yeah, so just for the uh, historians, uh, it was Phillips, Morrison, Fletcher and Rondon. Just shows how long... Matty Phillips has been playing for us, really. The fact that we're doing things that were well in the past and he's still here. Anyway, so uh, this is our first episode of the season. We're recording this on the 31st of July. Uh, Yesterday, we drew 1-1 with Middlesbrough. We had a little catch-up, didn't we, during uh, the like mid-pre-season or the start of pre-season. I can't remember which one it was. Just to say hello and uh, remind everybody that we're still here. Um, and now we're going to go back into our weekly podcast as obviously the season has started. So um, let's dive into the game first and then we'll talk about transfers and, and you know, a couple of other things um, afterwards. So Drew 1-1 with Middlesbrough away. Um, pretty poor first half. I think, um, you know, a few people were frustrated with Bruce's team selection. Some weren't, but some were. Um Jones scored for Middlesbrough in the first half. I think it was like 10 minutes in. Uh, and then in the second half, uh, Jonathan Swift equalised with a uh, a nice cutback from Wallace, which was also um, preceded by a nice through ball from Malumbi. So it was our three, uh, three of our four summer signings, um, you know, doing well, um, combining to make the goal. Um, so firstly, what did you make of the game? It was... Um... It was a game of two halves. I think it was Jimmy Greaves who said that um, first on uh, on ITV Sport. I think uh, I think it was definitely um, as he described it. I think the first half. Uh, well, to start with, uh, I think I think the team uh, selected was a little bit cautious. Um, I think having Phillips there to uh, as a sort of a well, almost like a second wing back uh, to help cover and to uh, keep keep his eye on. Um, I think his name's Giles, their their left back, uh, and uh, and their threat their threat down their left, which I think was justified to be honest with you, because that was where their threat was. Um, and um, and I I straight away when I looked at the team, I thought, oh right, okay, okay we're going with two um, defensive midfielders uh, and. Because of my because of my feelings about Malumbi, um, I thought, well, he's the dynamic one of those two. Uh, yeah. But I was I was a little bit disappointed to see Livermore and Malumbi. Uh, I don't want to. It's not a massive negative. I'm not saying that. But I, when I first saw it, my first, instant first impression was, oh, where's Moat? And um, we got Grant uh, as the uh, as the pivot, if you like, up front as the number nine, um, which. I thought straight away as soon as I saw that he, there's no way that's going to be any good. And again, I'm sorry if that comes across as a bit negative, but that's the way I felt as soon as I saw it. I thought, yeah, he's not he's not centre forward. He's more of a winger. Um, I know he got 18 goals, but hey ho, let's see how it goes. Um, and and it went pretty much as as I thought it'd go. To be honest with you, initially we had a bright start, the intensity was good, um, but we quickly. Um, we we quickly fell off that perch uh, when they scored the goal, um, and again 
what I was seeing at the start of this game, or, or after the after the initial sort of flurry uh, of high intensity football from us, I saw echoes of last season a little bit. I think, uh, which was, oh no, please come on, let's not do this. Quickly after of that, of course, on ten minutes the goal goes in, uh, and then it was it was pretty um, pretty bitty. Uh, I was seeing low quality stuff in various places, uh, poor control. Which, I mean, Furlong's control, ball control, um, was lacking throughout the entire game. But certainly, this was the first real instance of it, where he almost let the ball go out. Uh, and in fact, I wish he had let the ball go out, because having miscontrolled it, he then tried to do something with it, passed it inside, received it back too too firmly, and then he lost lost control of the ball, and that was it. Then we were turned over, uh, and the goal went in. Yeah. So. So again, it was oh no, no, please not one nil down after ten minutes. We're now chasing the game. We're not, we're not playing brilliantly. Um, so anyway, I was worried. Yeah, and I think the rest of I think the rest of the half was a was a little bit. Then I felt I felt as though we were getting bogged down between the defensive midfielders and the attacking midfielders. Uh, I, I think we there was a there was a blockage. We couldn't we couldn't seem to get the flow between Livermore and Mullumbie. And up to uh, up to Swift and um, up to Wallace, uh, up to Phillips. Wallace and, and Phillips, we we just we just couldn't get it there, and it was it was stodgy. It became stodgy, and I thought, you know what? If if we got Mowat in there, perhaps it'd be different. Uh, we got five substitutes now. Perhaps perhaps we're going to see an early substitution, and perhaps that would have been panic. I don't know, but anyway, it didn't happen. Uh, and we got to uh, we got to halfway, uh, half time one nil down. Second half, um, we were different. Second half, we were, certainly the first half of the second half or the third quarter, if you like, we were much better, much better. And well, and the goal epitomised that the intensity was there. Malumbi did really, really well. Um, the ball was nicked off their left so- left side, pushed to Malumbi. Malumbi managed to get the ball out there under pressure. Actually, he was as well as he released the ball. Straight to uh, Wallace, uh, and what that 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 cutback from Wallace was just sublime. Yeah, you could see you could see that he was thinking about what he was going to do as he was running with the ball and getting getting towards the corner flag, and that cutback to Swift was just exquisite. And the finish, well, it's it's a perfect thing to teach your kids that the way Swift was looking at the ball all the time as as it was coming to him, so he got a clean um, a clean contact and. Bang and yeah, the net rippled. I thought that that's the way to do it. And you could see, you could see that those two players are going to make a difference to us. They are better than what they're replacing, and there's quality about their play. They didn't get everything right, of course, because it's the first game of the season, and you're playing against a damn good side away from home. So, yeah, I was really impressed with those two. As I was impressed with one or two other players as well, to be honest with you. Um, and yeah, one-one. I thought. Certainly, we could have been a couple of goals down in the first half. Certainly, two goals down in the first half. Um, but equally, think, so, equally think, so, we could have nicked it in the second half. Yeah, I think from my perspective, yes, you know, the first half was disappointing, and I think there's definitely question marks about the lineup. I, I've been negative about Steve Bruce enough, I think, on this podcast. But yeah, you know, Grant being up front on his own seemed like an odd one. I thought Daryl DK would have been much more suited to that role. I agree with you about Livermore and Malumbi being in the centre midfield. It seems a little bit 
it's too much like last season. You know, it seems like almost like the same old faces, really. I mean, we've had this, you know, well, I'll go on to transfers in a bit. We've had this overhaul or a promise of an overhaul. And it does seem like, you know, it's still, he's still sticking to the same players. Obviously, Wallace and Swift have brought a, you know, a quality to the team. And that was evident through the goal. I don't want to go on for too long, but I just want to, I want to talk about players that there were question marks over. So the first one was David Button. His distribution was quite weak, especially in the first half. Um, like I said, Furlong, you know, TGH could have played there, could have played at right back. Apparently his best position is at right back. Livermore, I think, if I'm honest with you, in my hope, Livermore is almost keeping the boots warm for Yukushlu to get fit and then fill in that role. And then up front, I agree with you, you know, DK would probably be the better answer. And the other thing as well, you know, we've talked about Grant at length, but if we're going to play 4-2-3-1, I don't know where Grant fits into that. And, you know, I, I know he's, he's our top scorer from last season, but you say, you know, you said earlier he's a winger. But he's not a conventional winger, is he? He's not a Chris no, Brunt get to the byline and, and swing it in. So is he a winger? Is he is he of like would he would he you know if we're going to play four four two for example would he be best having DK up front and then granting almost like a free roll because on a four two three one or whatever four four one one I just don't see where he fits in. I agree with you. I mean, I was being charitable when I said he's a winger. What I really meant was he's not. Um, a main striker. No. Yeah. And if he's, he's not, not a hold the ball up, no, bring yeah. other people into play, is he? With Daryl no. DK, when he come on, <clears> you know, was bashing people about, was holding the ball up, was rolling people. He, he was, he did really well. He wasn't on very long, but he did well when he was. Well, back to Grant briefly. Um, I, he, he scored 18 goals and, and you, you cannot get past that. 18 goals. He was our leading goal scorer by a street. Um, but he should have got 35 and yeah. the, the, it's the things I'm always left with the same impression about Grant. It's the things he doesn't do in a game that wind me up. There was one particular instance where he got the ball out left on the penalty area, uh, just outside the penalty area. And he's confronted by a couple of uh, Middlesbrough players. And I'm waiting for him to push the ball between them and go through. Yeah. Uh, um, but he didn't. He played the ball back. And I, I'm just thinking, well, if you're a striker, if you're a scorer, uh, if you're a a man who's eager to get goals, chip the ball over the players who are standing in front of you and go, get into the box. I've been banging on about this all of last season. It's one of our biggest problems last season uh, and certainly in the first half of this this game uh, was when we've got the opportunity to drive into the box with the ball at our feet, we never do it. We always pass it square or pass it back. And, uh, and I thought, it was a bit. Oh no! Come on, let's let's not be doing this. Let's let's go for it. Well, yeah, and I agree with you, Grant. If with a fit, if 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 DK, please God, is going to be fit and play for, well, week in week out, um, I can, I just can't see I can't see where Grant fits in myself to be honest with you. But then, there are always these things that happen in seasons where he will come in, um, but DK. Well, when he came on, well, I can see a little bit about what the, what the hype was about. Um, we barely saw him. We could see he was a bit of a, a bustler, a bit of a, uh, a a sort of a bustling direct, forward. yeah, direct yeah. strike, yeah. And um, uh, that was last season, uh, you know, very very briefly. And in this game, you could see it again. He was good. Um, 
Lenihan had had an easy ride the entire game. Uh, he he was uh, powerful and he was robust and he was direct. And he, he bossed us a little bit, I thought, uh, Daryl Lenihan, um, in the first half and for some of the second half. But as soon as DK come on, because DK just bullied him, overpowered him, and he, took, he got the ball off him. Uh, when he got the ball and it was sort of like 50-50, a bit of a tussle, it was always DK who come away with the ball. Uh, and it just turned his life into a into a nightmare. We, and, and as a result of, of that, we had a, a couple of opportunities, to be honest with you, one really quite good one, uh, where we could have nicked that game. So, yeah, I um, <clears throat> I want DK to, to be our number nine. Certainly not Zoho. I don't know what that's all about. Uh, but How do you manage to keep that number? <laughs> uh, well, it's weak. That That is weak of the club. Whoever it is who's left that number nine with him, it's just weak. They should have been, they, he, he should have been told, I'm sorry, Kenneth, but you, number nine ain't yours. Not, not at this club. Um, in fact, probably not at any club, to be honest with you, but certainly not this one. When you look back at some of the incumbents of that shirt, he shouldn't have number nine on the back of his, the back of his shirt. Um, I mean, I know, I know DK is still slightly unknown, but he's the man. He's the man for having number nine on his back. Certainly not Zoho. But you know, I don't want to spend too much time on him anyway. To be perfectly honest with you, no. I think I think the last thing I'll say on the Middlesbrough game before we move on to Steve Bruce's comment or Uncle Steve, <laughs> as you like to refer to it. Yeah, Uncle Steve. God bless you. <laughs> um, is that look? You know, I, I put a tweet out saying, "Was everything perfect? No." You know, was it the best performance ever? No, but at least, you know, we've got to draw against Middlesbrough, a team that is probably going to be there or thereabouts this season, you know, top six at least. So I think, you know, on the, on the grand scheme of things, it's a good result. So, yeah. So let's, let's hear from, uh, from Uncle Steve. So he said, uh, the second half was certainly more like it. I thought we were a bit passive in everything we did in the opening 45 i thought we actually made a bright start but then they went and scored if i'm brutally honest our response after the goal simply wasn't good enough in the second half it was much more like it and it turned into a really good game it was end to end and if i'm being biased here i thought we maybe edged it we probably had the better opportunities in the second half i'm pleased with the character they showed after the break i said the players I said to the players that the club has had a bad couple of years of relegation for the Premier League and then the last season not going as well as we would have wanted it to. I told them it's a, it's a mentality thing we have to try and address. The new boys who have arrived will certainly help us this season, but we have to change our mentality to make sure we are the big boys of the division this year. We have an outstanding chance if we do that. It's always difficult to change, but that was but that has to be the aim. We brought Jed Wallace and John Swift to the club for the reason which they showed us today, goals. I was pleased to see them both involved in our equaliser. Uh, when we can get OK Yukushlu in our team too, we'll be even stronger. Yeah, I think he, he basically said everything, you know, that we've said. I think, um, like I previously said, Yukushlu is definitely going to, hope well, hopefully going to come in and make an impression on the first team. I think Livermore's place is probably the one I'd be looking at. Maybe maybe Mulumbi, but I just I think Yukushlu and Livermore together is very, very static, whereas Mulumbi brings that energy or TGH brings that energy, you know, and you can have um that sort of partnership. A bit like when Jakub and Mulumbu were together. You know, Jakub was the holding one or Shana. Jakub was the holder one 
you know, who used to sort of keep the position and the shape and Malumbu would be pressing, pressing the ball and you've got that sort of dynamic going on. Um, that's right. You've got the, you've got the, um, you've got the steady, the steady one that, and, and the breaker up of play. And, and that was Jakob at the time. And that's going to be, I hope, going to be, um, Kushlu. your Kushlu. Um, and, and then you've got the energy, which was Malumbu. Uh, but now it's going to be, oh, well, I mean, Malumbi. Uh, did did pretty well, largely, um, but we've got we've got one or two other people who can be the energy. I mean, TGH can be the energy if necessary, yeah. um, but obviously we've got Moet as well. So I would think, and I would hope, that when Yukushlu is um, fit, then it is Livermore's place that's a little bit under threat because I don't I don't want Yukushlu and Livermore there either. What I want is Yukushlu there, and I want the energy next to him, so Malumbi or Moat or somebody of that ilk. Uh, and and really Livermore, um Livermore, because of his ability to to slot in at uh, centre half if necessary, um, I think he's going to be the one that needs to give way. Especially as also A, he's getting on a little bit now, and B, this is the final year of his contract. Um perhaps it's time for him to start taking a slight back step uh, or a, you know a back seat. Um, rather than one of the younger ones, but uh, the one I want to see in the team is uh, Grady Diangana yeah. on the left. Um, I want to see him there. So I, I want to see I want to see Wallace. I want to see Swift, and I want to see Diangana, um, and I want to see DK up front, and um, and and then I want to see Yukushlu. I want to see either Malumbi, TGH, or uh, Moet in the middle. Now. I, there's got to be a fluidity there because, as, as I said earlier, the, we got we got a bit stodgy, we got bogged down a little bit between those defensive midfielders when we were trying to play out from the back. The the, the back players are trying to move the ball forward. You can and I saw it well time and again really, and it's like, well, who's having the ball off me? Yeah, yeah. There's no one to pass to. And yeah. then when they finally do get the ball to I don't know Livermore particularly, it's then another wait. To see what he's going to do with it, and yeah. and I got the impression. Well, I certainly got the feeling that Swift and Wallace were saying, "Well, come on, did somebody do something." Yeah, they're moving off the ball, but come on, yeah. let's snap it up a little bit. Well, that's that's certainly how I'd have felt. And I just thought he got stodgy, and we and we got bogged down. And and what we need to do is, Moat, in in my humble opinion, um, I'd like to see him groomed, if you like, to to fill that spot of. Okay, ostensibly it's a, it's a defensive midfield berth, but there's got to be that link man between the two, like Mumbi used to be, like Dorans used to be. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. that. Want to get in, the ball deep and then bring it and forward, then, and, and then break. carry it forward, carry it forward, carry it forward. I think Moet could do that. So let's move on to transfers. So, like I said, unless I'm being mistaken, the four we've made: Yukushlu, Wallace, Swift, and Mulumbi. I want to take a quick sidebar here and talk about the accounts very quickly because it's old news now. But we we didn't do a podcast on it, did we? We discussed it, and to be honest with you, I think everything's been said about the accounts. But one thing I will say, like I said before, we start talking about transfers, is the fact that we're owed the club. I mean, is owed somewhere you know ten million pound plus from our owner through various means, whether it be a loan to one of his companies or whether it be this Jeremy Peace outstanding loan that's inflated to quite a sum of money or there's another loan as well now. 
it undermines the club, in my opinion. And what I mean by that is when you've got Steve Bruce coming out saying, oh, you know, we've we've got to we've got to go for frees and we've got to go for loans, and then Ron Gourlay saying we've got to cut our cloth accordingly, it is a frustration for fans when the accounts were made public that all this was going on because. You know, we've gone from being, oh, well, the club's obviously, you know, struggling because of relegation to our owners, you know, using us as an ATM almost. So, like I said, I don't want to go on it for too long because I know everyone's heard enough about it. But I wanted to just say that quickly before we started talking about transfers. Yeah, I, I, the only thing I want to contribute to that, because it's been pretty pretty much largely said by everybody else for the podcasts and it's been talked over to death as well, really, as far as Twitter's concerned, etc. But uh, the it's the mentality. I just want to. We talk about mentality on the pitch. We've got to have the right mentality on the pitch. Well, we've got to have a, the right mentality in the boardroom. And if our owner is going to be taking money out of our club, then he needs to get gone. We don't want a, 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 an owner like that in charge of our club. Owners within of, of ambitious clubs, they invest in that club. Yeah, they, they certainly don't take money out of it at pivotal times and then say, oh, well, you can have it back, but then not pay it back and then say, oh, well, you can have it back for January 2023 window. By then, who knows Who knows what situation we'll be in by January? I mean, OK, I, I'm not stupid enough to think and, and be unrealistic enough to think that he's going to screw himself over for interest. But I would have thought if you've got any insight and any idea about football fans and a football club, then you would at least make it a reasonable interest rate. 50 yeah. grand. 50 grand is derisory for borrowing the best part of 5 million quid for the length of time that he's going to end up having it. So enough said as far as I'm concerned. Mentality. That's what yeah. I want to get right in the boardroom as well as on the pitch. No, well said. So in terms of the four signings we've made so far... You know, if you if I'd have said to you back in when was the season finished? Was it May? Um, those are the four signings we'd have made. Would you have been happy with that, or would you have wanted more? I'd be, I'd be happy, um, really happy with Yukushlu. Yeah, uh, because I didn't expect that one, um, uh, and neither did one or two uh, local journalists either, um, and. I um, I would have been pleased with Swift and Wallace, um, but I, but I still think that uh, Malumbi, bless him, sort of sneaked through uh, because of a lack of uh, a lack of oversight. I think he, he made he made the appearances, uh, but then that's not to denigrate the lad. He, he works really hard, and and he was the one who who well, he, off, yeah. he was involved. He was involved in that goal which saved our bacon, really. So I'm certainly not going to denigrate him. But uh, no, uh, to say, would I overall be happy? Um, I think it's a major contribution in those four uh, those four signings uh, because the three of them definitely improve on what we've got in quality. It's not the over, it's not the overhaul that we were uh, that we were promised. So again, I'm not I'm, I'm not sad. I'm not unhappy. Um, I, I'm really pleased that we've made the certainly three of the signings that we've made. The fourth is fine. Um, but I, I do want a couple more. I think I think we badly need um, another striker. We we need somebody with an instinct to get in the box. Um, we just desperately need that. Ryan Giles, the left back. When I look at somebody like him, I I think 
why 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 didn't we spot him? Yeah, that's and I want to see that. Well, he's good. Blimey. I mean, okay, he's got to probably get a little bit better defensively if if they get promoted, which I hope they don't because uh, we get promoted. But uh, that's what I want to say. I want to see. I want to see. Um, I want to see a full back as well. Um, I want to see probably the left side. I need. We need a, a left-sided fullback um, because I think Townsend is is okay, but but he's okay. Uh, I think Furlong is poor. Um, I'm not not poor. He was poor yesterday, I thought. But overall, out throughout a season, he's I don't know, probably a six a game if you're lucky. Yeah. Um, TGH, TGH should get that chance, really. Well, TGH, I don't know whether. It, with with Uncle Steve, I don't know whether he's going to get the opportunity though. I just I don't know. It, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. But and so striker and full back, at least one full back, preferably two, uh, and and then I, I'd be I'd start to say I'm happy. Yeah. So let's hear what Uncle Steve had to say in terms of the um, uh, the transfers. I think this is for the Birmingham Mail. So he said, my job never finishes with that. We are greedy. We should never be happy with what we've got. I would like to bring in a couple of more if we can. There's still a long way to go in the window and the big clubs are now coming back from tour and the young lads who they will be letting out on loan. They have been assessed. We'd like to do a couple more. We'll see what happens. We knew the market and I knew the market. I think I was honest with the supporters. Loans and frees are where we, where we were at. I never expected us to be signing players for millions. But I think that's up and down in the champion. So that's up and down the championship. Not a lot has been done, really. I think clubs are still feeling the effects of COVID. That is still biting away. We have been in the market. We have been a bit clever, but the big clubs now are just starting to look at their young players. We have scoured the market and we've got one or two bits going on. We'll see what happens over the next week week or so. And then he said in terms of outgoings, he said that might be inevitable too. Uh, one or two have left. That's normal, but we we have we want to add to the squad really. But if one or two have to make way, that's got to be it. So with outgoings in mind, quickly, there's obviously been this sort of ongoing, you know, almost like a sitcom in terms of Callum Robinson. Um, there's been back and forth between ourselves and Preston. Um, you know, sort of Preston saying, "Oh, we'd love to have him," and and all this sort of thing, and then. Steve Bruce saying, we'll put your money where your mouth is. And then Preston have come back and said, oh, I don't know if we can afford him and all this. And obviously now he's he's got an injury, which which made him miss out yesterday. So I think we've we've pretty much talked about Callum Robinson um, in our sort of like end of season when we were appraising the players. But he would be one that you wouldn't be disappointed to go if the right price came in for him, would you? Absolutely not, no. I'd like um, I'd like about five million quid for him. Yeah. Um, I think he's probably worth that to a, a decent a decent championship side. Um, he's not, but he's not he, he's not he's not a fit for us. Uh, and if Preston uh, both ends wants him, uh, then wh- what they should do is stump up five million quid, uh, and and they can have him. You know, it, but this 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 is again where we got to get the mentality right in the boardroom. Yeah, you know, the reason that he's here is because we made a, an absolutely abysmal signing of uh, Burke in the first place. That's the only reason he's here. And he represents something like about, I don't know, 12 million quid um, of our money, he does, uh, Robinson. Well, 
you know, okay, with with the degradation uh, over the length of time that he's been with us and the length of time of, you know, Burke's contract is, as well. I know he's not with us anymore, but it's probably gone down to somewhere around about, he probably represents somewhere around about six or seven million quid of our money at this stage. Yeah. Well, personally, five million quid and he's gone. And, um, and he goes and plays where he'll be appreciated uh, and where he... Um, where he's, he's, he's not at West Bromwich Albion. Yeah. And uh, talk about incomings. And I'll, I'll promise this will be the last time I mention his name on this podcast because I know it's been drawn out for years and years and years. But obviously Dwight Gale has gone to Stoke. I mean, I even retweeted and said, well, finally the rumours come to an end. We're not signing him. But what I want to just quickly say on that, that subject, we debated that a lot, didn't we? at the end of the season and, and I think in our little pre-season show we talked about Dwight Gale and you were quite a big supporter of that and so was I and off and off camera as well off off microphone we talked about Dwight Gale so with that in mind and now he has gone to Stoke were you a little bit disappointed that we didn't you know finally make the move and get him or was it a positive thing because I mean he is what is he 32 now it's a difficult one, isn't it? How old was uh, Kevin Phillips when he came to us? Um, yeah, true. He's probably about the same age. Uh, I, yeah, it, 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 it's around about that sort of age, I think. But anyway, um, I was, I'm, I'm not that disappointed that Gail hasn't come to us, really, to be honest. But what, I wanted, what I want to be, the, my feelings on the matter is I want to be impressed by the person that they do bring in. I want to be... Uh, like I used to be, impressed with perhaps somebody surprising um, who, who comes in and can do the job. I, I, I haven't got a list of people who I can sort of trot out uh, because I, it isn't my job to do that. I, I don't know all of the players uh, who are sort of like lurking in Premier League sort of squads or you know, in their youth teams or, or whatever. It's it's not my job to. What I want to be is impressed with somebody who can come into our team and do that that job that the Gales, that the uh, Super Kev used to do uh, in the way that they did it. Mm. Uh, you know, receiving the ball because they make runs into the box uh, and driving into the box when they receive the ball outside it. Uh, this is what I... Oh, I feel like I've been banging on about it forever. I can't understand the mentality of players who are who are strikers allegedly, and when they get the ball outside the box, they don't get into the box, and, and they shoot from thirty yards. It's like, what are we doing? Why don't we get in the box? Just go. For, that's where penalties come from, and that's where your goals come from. Yeah, I think what what it is for me, and 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 the reason I'm bringing this conversation is because obviously the other person we've been heavily linked with and. I don't know if there's any truth, it was Lewis Crabben. If you look at someone like Dwight Gale, he, you would say, a Dwight Gale would go into the mix of DK and Grant in terms of one of those three could be our, or two of those three could be our strikers, you know, first team strikers. If you had a striker like Lewis Crabben, who's 34, you know, just been released by Nottingham, didn't particularly set the world on fire there, he would definitely be a backup. You know, if Zahor is supposed to be this amazing player who's really working hard and, and all that rubbish, then surely he should be that sort of like third striker that's there to really provide cover. So, 
you know, someone like a Dwight Gale, in my opinion, would be thrusted into, right, who's going to be the two of the three or one of the three who plays up front, whereas someone like a Lewis Graben or someone of that ilk is going to be more of a, like I said, oh, we'll sign him because we need that that third striker in case one of our main strikers get injured and we want to go with two up top. There's obviously been Armstrong link from Southampton. Uh, there's a few other links as well. I think Cameron Archer from Aston Villa. I don't know what's happening there. But, yeah, so I agree with you. We do need a third striker. I think the problem with Dwight Gale uh, is his age. Being, being 32, yes, he's a good striker, but he's going to be looking at his next move, which was obviously Stoke, and thinking, well, you know, this is probably going to be one of my last moves or second to last move. So he's going to want to get a longer contract as possible. And then that's obviously doesn't work for us very well, does it? You know, do you want to be giving... Do I get a three-year contract? Maybe not. So, yeah, it's it's a difficult one, but I, I agree with you. I think, think we definitely need that that third striker. But well, I want a different striker to the ones we've got. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't just want the same again, and I don't think I can't see Graben um, as a viable alternative at all, or, or a, a viable option, should I say, as, at all. I mean, he's had real injury problems. He has. Yeah. Um, which is one of the two. His age. And his injury issues that have uh, seen him released. We've got we've got youngsters, um, and if I, I just can't see the point. And if we're going to have some money available in January of 2023 because of you know issues that I've spoken about previously, then we should wait till January, uh, and we'll manage with what we've got. Bear in mind we've got a couple of promising youngsters coming through and, and, and around the squad as well. Um, until then, I, I I just don't want another wage sucker. Uh, in the squad. Yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> and then the other one I've heard, I don't know if this is just a Twitter rumour really, but Daniel Iverson, or Iverson from Leicester, goalkeeper. Um, apparently there's interest there. I don't know, like I said, if there's if that's true or what's going on in any 24. Um, so I don't know if that's going to be a loan move rather than a, a permanent transfer. Because I'm pretty sure Kasper Schmeichel's left, hasn't he? He's, he's moved clubs, he's left Leicester. So I don't know if that changes things. But like I said, there was question marks over Button. I personally don't think he's a number one. I think he's a good deputy to somebody else. I've been banging the Ben Foster drum for months now. Do you think we could do with another goalkeeper, especially with Griffiths going on loan to Portsmouth? I just, what I'd like is a bit of clarity around goalkeeping. I mean, we've had uh, we, we've had various sort of conversations, or we've heard various views on it coming out of the club. Um, on the one hand, he, he was he was satisfied with the three goalkeepers he'd got, which which included Griffiths at the time. And then he was loaned uh, out. And then he was the next thing is he's loaned out. And then um, <clears throat> there's obviously Ben's come back to be training with us. And then there was some conversation about. Uh, a player coach role for for him on and again it's only conjecture uh, and then we decide that we've got two goalkeepers uh, and it's Palmer and uh, and Button and and he's always Button's always the one who's shown in the peach kit and uh, in any photograph you always see Palmer slightly behind him uh, uh, you know like in a in a movie when the the, the the leading the leading actor is always the one at the front and and the supporting actors are always sort of like slightly behind them yeah and I'm, and I'm and I'm straight away I'm saying well button is our number one really uh, uh, you know I'm used to um I'm used to goalkeepers 
um, real quality goalkeepers, uh, and I've become I've become expectant of a quality goalkeeper between the sticks. Uh, you know, Johnson, okay, fair enough. I mean, I had me issues with him, to be fair, but I just don't see. I don't see Button as one of those players, one of those goalkeepers that you can just say, oh, mate, you're the my number one. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. don't see it. But I, but I will say this, and this is my honestly held opinion, is I don't see any goalkeeper as a number one goalkeeper. Yeah. What you've got is you should have, it's a separate entity. It's a, it's a separate sort of like category within a football team, within a football squad. They train separately and differently. They've obviously got to be fit but it's a very specialised role. So what you've got is if you've got two or three goalkeepers, they all train and they all train together when they can, obviously, and then singly, etc. And they work on things that they've got to work on. But you should never have a number one goalkeeper. They should. It's, it's a merit issue. It's oh. like he's not my, not my IOT as in training this last week. You've got the shirt. And that way nobody gets complacent. Um, yeah. Just, I mean, I know John said, I think it was John, in our, in our episode before the like the end of the season one, that he was looking forward to seeing who won that battle of the three goalkeepers. And I agree with him. You know, I was looking forward to it. And he was almost like, well, before you know, straight away Griffiths was gone, so he wasn't going to be number one. You know, Palmer obviously has played a few friendly games, but it just, I don't know, it just seemed like he was talking about the battle of the goalkeepers and, you know, two will be the one out of the three, but it was... It was button all along, but yeah. So it just, it's just. It, I think when when a goalkeeper has been your number two for a couple of years now, especially at the age that Button is, you know, he's he's obviously not he's not twenty two, for example. He's he's you know, I think he's in his thirties. And then that person is thrusted to the number one spot. It doesn't make you think, wow, that's an improvement on last season. Because he was our number two last season, he was deemed by Steve Bruce as not as good as Sam Johnston, and now he's our number one. It's I don't know, it's a little bit underwhelming. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sort of hammer button. I'm not saying you know he's the worst goalkeeper in the world. He's not, but it's just a bit like I think as a fan, you want to see your your team improve every year, and I think especially in goalkeeper position, because Griffiths has gone out on loan, because Palmer, you know, once again is a number two. It just and Button's been thrust in that position. It just makes you think. Well, is that really an improvement on last year? I think um, he's the punch king, and a uh, Button. Um, I didn't see him catch much. Um, so, and speaking as somebody who used to play in that position uh, back in sort of like seventeen forty three, I. Um, <laughs> I was always taught that you catch the ball unless you absolutely cannot, in which case you have to punch it. Yeah, and uh, I mean I know the philosophy is different now, and as I say, it was seventeen forty-three last time I played, and uh, that's not quarter to six, by the way. That's uh, that's the year seventeen forty-three, <laughs> and um, it, it's like yeah. um, I just I, what I want, what I want to be is inspired by the fact that we've gone out there and we've got an an, an ace goalkeeper because they can win your points. They can. Um, ben Foster yeah. used used to do it, and. Um, and, and and if you've got a goalkeeper, then you might as well have one that's going to win your points rather than ones that. And and I, and I suspect that uh, Uncle Steve is is of the same mind. I, I think he's all the time he's saying, "Yeah, David Button is is our number one." He's he's going to be on the lookout. He's going to be on the lookout for for 
another goalkeeper and perhaps this Leicester, Leicester goalkeeper is uh, is an example of that. Yeah. Enough said from me. No well said. So let's look forward to our next game. And what a surprise, it's not Saturday at 3pm, <laughs> it's Monday at 8pm. Uh, so Monday the 8th of August, we're playing Watford at home. Um, I think our first game of the season that's actually a 3pm home game is like mid-August, or sorry, end of August. So Sky once again are uh, shuffling our fixtures around, to say the least. Yeah, it's been a difficult start. Uh, you know, Middlesbrough, the Watford... Um, you know, the first two games aren't the easiest and they are both teams that you'd expect to be, you know, challenging the uh, the top two, if not top six. So how are you feeling about that game? And, and do you think Bruce will learn from the lessons, um, you know, that he obviously learned with Middlesbrough because second half was a lot better and when he changed things, it, it did improve, didn't it? Well, they've got another 90 minutes under their belt, haven't they? The ones that played the majority yeah. of the game, sort of 90-ish minutes. Uh, DK has come on and he's, he's had a few, uh, he's had a, he's had a, a taster, he's he sort of had his, um, his sighter, if you like. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, we, you know, you never know, we might see, we might see the, uh, the team picked that is, well, when we're the home team as well, don't forget against Watford, aren't we? So therefore yeah. we might see, uh, a team tr- that wants to a bit more adventurous. Yeah, wants to be on the front foot rather than have half uh, half an eye on being on the back foot. Um, I mean, the, you know, the uh, the uh, possession the possession stats weren't brilliant, were they? In this in this game, what was it, sixty five, thirty five, or something like that? Yeah. Um, and we were the thirty five. Well, okay, we're away from home. Middlesbrough are a good side. I don't want to harp on too much about that, but I would hope a team like us is going to perhaps improve on those figures. Uh, and and to do that, you've got to have players who are comfortable on the ball on the pitch all the time. Um, so let's hope let's hope that that's that's the way it goes. But I, I I'm heartened by the the result in the end. I'm heartened by the second half um, performance against Middlesbrough. Uh, and so I want to see I want to see that as the benchmark going into the Watford game, with emphasis on uh, let's go out there and uh, and stick two or three or four in the in the net. Um, so let's uh, let's move on to our section that I added towards the end of last season. I want to keep it going. Have your say. So I'll put it on social media, uh, just saying recording our first episode of the season. Any thoughts, topics you'd like us to discuss? Uh, someone mentioned the cricket. <laughs> I have no idea about cricket. Um, so, yeah. Um, but in terms of Facebook, so I'll go there first. Uh, Michael, thank you very much for your comment, Michael. He said, Livermore and Phillips might be decent uh, off a five-man bench. But shouldn't be starting way too slow and negative. I think we've discussed that and we agree. I think it's the same old faces, and and you know I'm hoping that with Yukushlu coming in, and obviously you've got Dean Garner, and and you know we've got quality players in in pretty much every position now. I I agree. I, I'd hope to see, um, like I said, Dean Garner, Yukushlu, uh, people like that starting ahead of them. Uh, Mark, I think, uh, I think sorry, he's, well, that's just made something pop into my head. Um, I think that's spot on. I, there's been, a, I tell you what, there's been some cracking comments on Twitter that I've read this uh, since yesterday, uh, and and this is another one of them. He's absolutely right. Um, a bench, the bench is is five now, yep. or, or we can put five on the pitch. Uh, so that's exactly right. Livermore, 
can sit on the bench and he can pop into central midfield. He can pop into central defence. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether he can play left back or what. I don't know, but cer- certainly why um, not? Playing goal. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. But I'm going back to that again. Um, but you know, he's absolutely right. We've got some quality to come off the bench. We can, you know, there are a lot of teams in the in the uh, championship. Who, who can have a five? I mean, I know it's, it's probably seven. Seven, isn't it? And you pick five from seven. Um, there aren't many going to have a bench as good as ours. No. Uh, and so what we should be doing is we should be starting with our first 11. We should be starting with the team that's going to go out there and win the game uh, and, and possibly then think in terms of let's let's have a look at this five five opportunities bench, if necessary. Good point. Yeah, it is a good point. And, and I think just focus on Livermore for a second. I don't want to, you know, <clears throat> he's been discussed at length. But I think someone like Livermore, when you could choose fit, he, he could be that sort of, you know, strategic player to put on, 1-0 up, holding on, 10 minutes to go. Livermore is somebody, you know, he's tall. He's obviously strong in the tackle. He could just shore up the defence and, and midfield. And yes, yeah, so I, I agree with that. Good, yeah, good, good comment, Mike. Thank you, or Michael. Sorry, thank you very much. So let's move on to Mark's comment. A big friend of the show. He said, "New signings aside, Wallace Swift, DK, uh, Steve Bruce has worked and seen this group of players for a fair time. Surely he knows his strongest starting eleven. Why does he field the so-called old guard, Livermore, Grant, Phillips? And I think we've." We've discussed that, haven't we? Really, it, it it is. If you're gonna if you're gonna change the mentality of a team, you can't just play the same players that you did last year. And this was, and I'm not, I'm, I know, I know. Obviously, there's a big support behind bringing Matt Clark back, and I, I agree with that. You know, he's a good centre half, and I've saying that I thought Semi Joy and, and especially uh, Daro shaded well um, second half yesterday, but. It, you know, you do need to you do need to change it, don't you? You do need to freshen it up. And playing the same old players as last year, you're going to get the same results, aren't you? Mentality is down to personnel. Yeah. If you improve the quality, one of the ways that you improve quality is it's not just quality of, I don't know, ball control or, or, or driving into the boxes I keep going on about. Part of it is mentality, improvement of quality. And it's obvious to me that Wallace and Swift have got the mentality. You could see that. It just oozed off them when they got the ball, when when they were looking for the ball, and when the camera actually got close to them. Um, you, you could see, you could see that they want the ball and they want to do something, and they've got the mentality that we see. That, that at least it struck me that way. Yeah. It's it's. So what you need to do is, if you want to change the mentality, is put the team out there, put the players on the, on the pitch who have the right mentality and don't put the ones on there that haven't got the right mentality. Uh, and Steve Bruce should know now the ones that haven't got the right mentality or if the ones who, are ne- who need constant coaxing to try and adopt the right mentality. What we need is the right mentality on the pitch right from the kickoff. Yeah. And we, we stand a chance then. And a comment from Jonathan. Thank you for your comment, Jonathan. Uh, I thought the team selection was dreadful. Our fullbacks are our weak link. So why not put TGH at left back, play Livermore as a centre half, and push Daro Shea outright? Furlong and Phillips together a disaster waiting to happen. Quite frankly, after the talk of an overhaul, uh, seeing him pick the same old let down 
has-beens was baffling. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you you alluded to it earlier, didn't you, that our fallbacks are an issue, and they are an issue. But for me, I, just, I you know, it frustrates me. I mean, I, I got really frustrated last year about TGH not being the starting lineup, and it, and it's frustrating again because, and I don't want to sort of bang on the negative, but it's like, what does the guy, what does the lad do have to do to to get a game? You know, you see people like Furlong playing poorly. And Steve Bruce professes that he's a right back, not a centre midfielder, even though he was by far our best centre midfielder last year when he played. Why not give him a why not give him a chance? Because, you know, we've seen Furlong. We know what Furlong's about. And, you know, it was deemed not good enough at the end, wasn't it? You know, by the fans, probably probably, probably Steve Bruce, you know, it wasn't good enough. So what does TGH have to do to get a game? I think I think Steve Steve Bruce basically told you that um, prior to the game, he said we couldn't have had a tougher start as first game of the season. Or I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but it was pretty close to what he said. So he he regarded this game, yesterday's game, as what he would think of. It almost gave you the impression that he thought it'd be the toughest game of the season. It's like the purest mentality, though, isn't it? You know, we all, when when Jonathan Lecker was coming through and he was doing good things and he was taking players on when he come on very briefly. It's the it's the Tony Pulis style, you know, the, the the negative like let's oh let's go to you know the dependable players rather than give this youngster a chance. And as a fan, I don't like I said I, I don't want to sound like I'm getting really negative here, but it is a little bit frustrating. You want to see your youngsters who especially have done well get that chance. You know, Ashworth obviously is another one. Caleb Taylor, Josh Griffiths. Obviously, you know, he's been deemed not good enough yet for the first team. But at some point, given their opportunity. I think probably not the first game of the season. Uh, yeah, true. He didn't want us get to get trounced. He picked that side to make sure that that didn't happen or to try his best to make sure that that didn't happen. So you weren't going to get TGH right back. Um, you know, you weren't going to get um, young Ashworth in. What, what what you're going to get is let's see how it goes the first three or four games of the season before we're going to see perhaps any anything any 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 movement because he's he's a cautious man he's yeah. a he's a conservative with a small c um, manager he's he always has been um, so I can't see that I th- I, but I, I but I understand I've got a level of understanding with that I think. Um, but hopefully we will see this. I mean, nothing would please me more if we didn't have to buy any more fullbacks and TGH and young Ashworth became our, our sort of like... First teamers. Yeah. You know, our first choice left, right and left back. Be brilliant mm. if they're good enough and if they, if they if they can do it. I'd love that. Yeah. Um, but it's not. It's certainly not going to happen the first few. Certainly not against your Watfords and your Middlesbroughs and things like that. He's not going to do it. Steve Bruce just is not like that, I don't think. And then moving on to the Twitter side of things. Um, so, Mark Davis, thank you very much for your comment, Mark. He said, how bad are Furlong, Phillips and Livermore? We need replacement for these players. Yeah, I think we've, uh, you know, we've um, discussed that at length, really. That we need to change things up. Uh, and then at young at underscore five, big friend of the show. Thank you very much for your comment. Uh, he said, your thoughts on players' performances against Borough? Players who split split opinion, such as Malumbi. So yeah, I think we discussed that as well. I think, like you said, it was a game of two halves. 
I think there's room for optimism. I think, you know, if we can bring in people like DK, people like Yukushli um, when he's fit, I, I just think it's going to change things around. And, and I'm, I'm quite I'm looking forward to the Watford game, actually, especially, like you said, with players that have now got 90 minutes under their belt. It will be interesting to see the selection and if there are improvements on the uh, on the Middlesbrough game. Yeah, well, I mean, just specifically to mention the, the, the player that he did, um, Malumbi, uh, I, I, was, I was actually quite pleased with, with him, to be honest with you. I, when I saw him in there, I thought to myself, well, you know, oh, OK, then fair enough. Uh, but, I mean, you know, the ball that he played that, that basically set up the run by... Um, it's a great ball. It, it was a great ball. It was a great ball. And, and he was under pressure as well, but just, just at the point that he released it. Um, so it, it was good, and, and he was committed, and he had to—I think he had to take a knock because of it as well. Um, so yeah, I, to be honest with you, Malumbi did well, um, but but the ones that didn't for me um, were, were the ones that I expected not to do particularly yeah. well. Um, just a quick side note before I go into our social medias. So our next podcast, obviously, we're playing Watford on the eighth of August. So there's no point us doing a podcast on the 7th to be released on the 8th because, <laughs> you know, there's no game and then we'll be talking about it before. So we'll be releasing our next episode probably midweek. So sort of 9th, 10th of August, you'll be looking for our next episode. Uh, like I said, we usually release on a Monday, but since we're playing on a Monday, it doesn't seem uh, any point us doing one. So it'll be uh, a couple of days later. But thank you very much for your time, Steve. Um, if you want to follow us on Social media can on Twitter. I am at Mikey WBAFC and on Facebook. If you search for all things Albion or all things WBFC, you'll find us over there. Um, the twists and turns, the ups and downs we're going to go through over the next weeks and months is going to be exciting, interesting, hopefully a bit more successful than last year. Uh, but I can't wait and I'm looking forward to discussing it weekly with you steve and, and thanks for your time mate you're absolutely welcome thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, speak to you next week boing 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 boing